The Fire Zone Show coming at you off of, uh, I was going to just say disappointing, but we were just talking about it. I'm actually not all that disappointed. I'm disappointed that the season is over for the Ravens, but I'm not necessarily disappointed in the game. We'll talk about that. Anyway, uh, coming off of a wild card loss to the Bengals, um, 24-17, you know, tight game. Um a lot of, lot of interesting things that happened in the game. Defense played well enough. Again, we said this last week. People who listened last week will be like, hey, this sounds just like last week. Defense played well enough to give them an opportunity to win this game. And the offense kind of held up their end of the bargain on this one too. But, you know, came down to some key plays, maybe one key play in particular I'm sure we'll talk about, even though we're talking defense. It'd be hard not to talk about that one. Um, but anyway, we're going to talk about the defense and uh, just kind of unpack this game and then maybe just, you know, a little bit of kind of overall thoughts maybe at the end about the season on defense and uh, a look back and maybe a little bit of a look forward. And then we're into the offseason, man. So uh, <laughs> before we do all of that, tap in with my guy, Denard Melton. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I I was uh, at the beach this weekend watching that, that uh, super wild card weekend. Super. Super. What made it super? I forget what makes it super. The fact that they put a dud of a Dallas Cowboy Tampa game on Monday night. That made it, that made it super. <laughs> you feel very super. Okay. Um, well, hey, there's there's definitely worse places to watch the game. I mean, being at the beach, that sounds, sounds pretty good. Pretty good to me. Um, but let's just, you know, high level on this game before we even dig into like the defensive part specifically. Um, like I said, I, I'm disappointed that the season's over. I am disappointed that they lost. Obviously, I wanted them to win, Ravens fan. But I thought it was an entertaining game. I thought it was a good game. I thought that there were things that happened, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, that I didn't expect to happen, but I was happy that they happened. And there was one thing that happened that I was not happy about at all. But for the most part, um, I came out of the game feeling like, man, they did all of the things that they really needed to do to give themselves a chance to win this game. Aside from the one thing that they've kind of been doing in all of their playoffs games recently is turning the ball over. I mean, that's that's kind of been the constant bugaboo. But what about you? What were kind of like your overview type thoughts of the game? I was not upset on either side of the ball with the game plans that were put forward. I thought it was solid. I I thought they stayed true to themselves. They weren't acting outside of their own capacity. They weren't trying to do something defensively that they haven't done throughout the season. They they played who they were. And that, that gave me comfort to know that they came into this football game and said, we're going to be who we are. We're going to try to not too much tricking and dick them because how much can you do that in a rivalry game, right? No. So that – the two things that have killed this team for the last three years is situational awareness and situational play calls. And I will say early on defensively, 
that was a problem. But also, keep in mind, Mike McDonald, first-year coordinator. He progressively got better over the year of understanding his personnel and putting his personnel in the best position to be successful. And he had an overall philosophy for his team that his team bought into, which is from the 30s to the 30s, you can do whatever you want. You can tap dance. You can throw flea flickers. You can throw out routes. You can do whatever you want. When you come in my zone, you either coming out with field goals, you're getting turned over. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And you saw that. You saw that for weeks. So that's, you know, that's my take from this whole thing. And and on top of that, everyone came out defensively healthy, which means off-season guys are not going to be having shoulder surgeries and groin surgeries and ACL surgeries where they have to rehab for six months during the off-season and can't concentrate on football. Well, guess what? Certain guys are going to be able to concentrate on football this year. O.A., Bowser. A Humphrey, Williams, Queen, him and Smith might just become best friends and roommates. That's what needs to happen. They like, both they like to fish, so they might be out there doing some fishing. Fishing, do some fishing. <laughs> go down to the bayou. I know Queen got a nice little 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 boat he can use. Yeah. You two go down there and talk football, and I I just just talk football for weeks. <laughs> Ro- Roquan just in part. Just give me your, give him your brain yeah. for six weeks, like anything and everything. What you see, what you don't see, how you supposed to read it, who you supposed to read, how their pools look. Just give him the right act of what a linebacker basics from a man who's played it and played it so well, and I guarantee that man gonna be a different different animal when he come back. Yeah, I mean you've got a chance for a defense that was already really good the second half of the season to come back and be one of the top units in the league. I mean, they were already that going over the second half of this season. People will talk about the schedule. Hey, it's what I always say. If somebody's bad, treat them like they're bad. Okay. But who so was bad? People... <laughs> Man, who was you know, bad on their schedule? Damn, okay. Let's 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 play the game. You know, we'll play the game. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with it. I'm just telling you this is this is you know some of the arguments where people are like oh yeah they got better on defense but look at who they were playing okay so here we go right so we look at the early part of the season we had the Jets the Dolphins the Patriots the Bills the Bengals right mm-hmm. the Giants I guess we can say now because they made it to the playoffs eh, but still right Browns and then this is the point I think this is the point where people really start to talk about it and look at it. They say, okay, starting with the Bucks game. So then they say Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Jags turned out to be pretty good. Broncos, Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers. And then you get the Bengals mm-hmm. at the end. So there's maybe four. I mean, Buckers, uh, Bucks, Saints, Panthers, well, wait, wait, Broncos. Wait, wait, wait. A Bucks team, a Bucks team who was desperate at that point, looking yeah. for their offensive identity. Yeah. You could have went up there and played like crap and got blown out by 20. It looked like it was going to happen. It was on the verge. It looked like in that first half. It could have happened. <laughs> it could have happened. Switch went on. Okay. Yeah. Jacksonville, we saw with that. Bus yeah, yeah. yeah that like. one I'm not counting anymore. They're 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 a good okay. team. The Saints, cool. yeah. Saints, Saints weren't great. But you're still playing in the Dome. You are. Well, Panthers. Panthers not great, but Panthers ran all over people in the second half of the season. But they just beat the 
balls off of Tampa the, the week before. Yeah. They were coming Bronco, in here after blowing the doors off of Tampa. Broncos were bad on offense. offense wasn't humming when Broncos it were bad on building. offense, but a very good defense. Very good defense. Yeah. But they started to wake up in this game because yeah. they went on the next week without their coach. And the last three weeks looked like the same Russell Wilson that we had saw in Seattle. So, Steelers, and, Steelers and Browns, I don't care because they're division games. You kind right. of have to throw some And even in Atlanta, out. they were the number two rush deep offense on the they NFC, and they held them to run their 100 yards. They can run it on people for sure. So, yeah, I hey, I don't buy into that. I don't buy into, hey, they had all these cupcake teams, and that's why the defense got better. I'm like, look, it's the NFL. So Every team presents a unique challenge every time they step on that field. Yeah. I don't care if you play this sport or not. If you don't understand that, you're operating wrong. Yeah. So even if you think that, again, if you're bad, treat them like you're bad. And that's what they did. So <laughs> I don't have exactly. any problem. Yeah. I don't have any problem uh, <coughs> with putting that label, putting that description on them as one of the better defensive units in the league. Because I think that's how they play. And like you said, with the health of guys going into the offseason, with the guys they have under contract, young guys coming up. They have opportunity to take even another step, you know, coming back next year. But before we get into next year, we we got mm-hmm. a whole lot of time to talk about next year. Yeah. Um, we'll 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 settle in on this game and we'll do what we always do, you know, stick to the process mm-hmm. here. Uh, we'll start up front because I think there's a lot of good stuff to talk about up front with yeah. the defensive line and the outside backers, that whole pass rush unit, even the run, um, the run game, you know, because they they've I want to definitely both games this year. And then I'd have to go back and look at the games last year too. They've done a pretty good job of containing Joe Mixon. I mean, 39 yards. game last year. Yeah. He had okay. one game last year. This, this game, 39 yards. I forget what he had in the first game. Not a whole lot in the first game either. No. Um, so they, you know, run, run defense did a really good job. And then, you know, they got after Burrow a little bit in, in, in the, in the pass rush in this game. how do you think the defensive line played? I think they held their own. I think once the offensive line of of or of the Bengals started really, you know, breaking down, the D line stepped up even further to know understand that they had to control the game even further. Um, I thought Jones, Washington, and Matabike were controlling the middle of the field. And welcome back from wherever you came from. The lights have come back on. Sunday morning, Mr. Owe woke up and said, I, I, I believe. <laughs> I, I, I believe in my abilities to be that dude. And he, he was that dude. He was looping. You were talking about it earlier when we were chatting. That man was looping. That man was slicing. <laughs> that man was cross chopping, making some Justin Houston type pass rush moves. Had some bull rush. So I was like, he had it. It was. I want to say it was like a, a rearrival moment. But this is one of those moments as a football player, and I've been there when you just have one of those games where everything clicks. And he can take that into the offseason and be like, I can be that dude. Absolutely. 
And all of a sudden, it's not always about talent. It's about confidence. Absolutely. You got, you got some confidence going. Oh, oh my, oh my. Absolutely. Because a lot of these dudes are talented. You don't make it to this level if you, if you don't have talent. But you hear players, especially great players, talk about that all the time is the importance of confidence and just believing that you can be that guy, that you can believe that you can be him. <laughs> and he played that way in that game. So, you know, we talk about it, you know, be, can, can you be your best when your best is required? Well, this is the biggest game. This was the biggest game of their season. And yep. that was his best game of the season, maybe the best game of his young career so far. I mean, the dude was a force. And this is what you thought you were going to get with him, you know, coming into the league. Like you saw all this raw athleticism. You're like, man, if he just starts to, you know, refine it and really, you know, lock in, you're going to see something out here. And that's what we saw in that game. So, yeah, it's like a Billy Ray Valentine moment. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I can see. I have legs. Oh, I mean, he took took Ojabo's snap. I guarantee they had 10 to 15 snaps waiting for Ojabo and – Oway woke up was like, nah, those nine. Yeah. Yeah. What you <laughs> saw what he was doing out there, you're like, we can't take him off the field. We can't take him off the field. Let's put him inside. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that was exciting to me to see him. I think Campbell, who you can tell, you know, still battling through, you know, the knee, I think he had, I think it was a knee injury. And you could see he was still kind of hobbling around out there, but still he was like Man, vintage. People. Yeah. Vintage Calais Campbell. I mean, just jetting into the background swimming dudes i mean into the backfield swimming dudes making plays not anywhere near 100 percent, but just like knowing like hey i don't know how many more of these i got left and so i'm leaving it all out here justin houston doing this i mean they sacked burrow four times we saw the game last week how hard it was to get burrow on the ground yeah, um, they made a mission to corral him this time hey if you can keep were- that dude in the cage uh, you know, you you because a lot of the plays that they make in this particularly rivalry between these two teams, not what Burrow does to other guys, because that's different. But in this game, a lot of it comes off of him extending the play. Mm-hmm. So if you can just keep him caged and either force him to get the ball out quick and then rally and make the tackle, or get your hands on him because he's not able to to get out and scramble, then you can do what they've done. I mean, another game, two hundred nine yards, one touchdown, four sacks. I mean, they've held him to some pretty conservative games by his standards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I think that they've got a good plan when they play him. It's just of you know, executing as always. Can't can't <laughs> we can draw it up and we can we can work on it and practice it and all that. But when you're game, you've seen that guy. He's hard, he's slippery. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's just hard yeah. to get on the ground. Yeah. And they were able to get him on the ground more consistently this game. So yeah, I I I was pretty pleased with how they played up front. Now linebackers, inside linebackers, Roquan and PQ. Continuing to do their thing. How do you think those guys played? They played well. There were some certain situations. The touchdown bothered me about Queen. Mm. That just – that's what we've been preaching all year. Like, that awareness, that spatial awareness of understanding where you are in the field, what they're trying to do to you on the field, and then not putting it together in time to recognize what's going on. Um, you know, they played hard. They played physical. They, I can't knock them because they made a couple mistakes. It's just those mistakes were just magnified. Yeah. Yeah. You get down there in the red zone and those mistakes become just that much bigger. I mean, yeah. 
the the Ravens got to the red zone more times than the Bengals, but they were one of four. Bengals were two of two. <laughs> so, you know, you that, that that can make all the difference. And, you know, you had that play to chase. And then um, who's the other one? Was it Hurst? That the yep. other touchdown? Yeah. So yep. was it? That was the one. It was Hurst one, got yeah, close. He got close. And then I think Burrow had to sneak. Remember, they ended yeah. up calling it. Yeah. And then Burrow got to sneak. Yeah. Yep. But that was it. Really, when you think about it, now they they were pretty good on third down. I want to say they were like seven or thirteen, something like that. But we know because we talked about this, some of that's game plan because you know you were maybe playing a little off and a little soft in some situations. Um, I think that also about got the- dictated by the who we had at corner and not feeling as, as comfortable in in pressing in those situations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, those dudes are studs. Okay, Jamar Chase, yep. T. Higgins, <laughs> those dudes are studs. And so you got to give them their due. And, you know, sometimes um, what they used to say, discretion is the better part of valor. You got to say, hey, man, uh, maybe we give these dudes a little bit more space than we would prefer to in some of these situations. But we know we can come up and tackle the ball as opposed to this thing going over our heads. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we know what our offensive situation is right now. And we don't want to put them – you know, in a mode where it's got to be straight drop back, you know, catch up type ball. Um, so it's complimentary. Like you said, I think that's one of the biggest things that you have to give McDonald credit for is like that understanding of what kind of way we need to play to complement the offense, you know, do what we need to do, but also complement what's going on over there to give us all, to give the team a chance that's to win the game yeah. instead of just saying, Absolutely. hey, we're going to do what we do over here, balls to the wall. They could figure it out over there. That That's not going to get it done. Um, so Totally. You know, credit, yeah, so credit to sometimes, him. Sometimes it's funny how people are like, well, they went on a long drive. You know, sometimes defensively we have to do that. Yeah. We have to absorb some of that time to allow the offense to figure it out. Because we go out there three and out of them, and the offense is getting three and out. We're doing that's tiring for defense. Eventually, that's going to break. Yeah. And then that's when you start getting the track meets. Yep. Because defense tired. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you've got a if you've got a, a high level QB like a Burrow, and you've decided that we are going to play, you know, certain coverages where we're we're going to be off a little bit, keep everything in front of us. Yeah, he's going to get to his checkdowns. That's the kind of dude that he is. And so when that happens, yeah, sometimes they're going to be able to sustain some drives because, you know, if they can get into like third and medium or third and short, they're probably going to be able to check that ball down and convert it. So, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. Uh, If you can get them in the third and longs and force him to have to throw into your coverage, that's where you get some of those sacks that we saw. So I get it, you know, and, and I think we've talked about this throughout this season where it was an adjustment for me coming from wink style of defense where i'm just like hey i keep seeing all these completions you gotta stop giving our completions and then i was like no no it's okay it's okay okay <laughs> they're tackling the ball they're keeping them out of the end zone it's okay right that was an adjustment for me to say all right this is this is a different approach to this thing it can work it can work just as well maybe better in some cases it's just different mm-hmm. it's a different it's approach different. so with that said let's talk about that secondary who you know, again, we just said it. Keep some stuff. You know, there's some stuff happening in front of you, but you come up and tackle the ball. Um, 
I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out. We talked about some of these guys. Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, man, continuing to make plays. I mean, coming up, making that fumble, uh, forcing yeah. that fumble on Hurst. Just, he's just been a playmaker, and he's just scratching the surface. Literally scratching the surface of what kind of playmaker he can be. So how do you, you feel about secondary? When they made the change with Hamilton and made him a full-time nickel, said, boy, this is what you're going to learn? Change the complexity of the deep, of the secondary to allow everybody to settle down. Let guys to know this is my role. That's your role. This is my role. That's what we're doing. That's it. We're not rotating in and out. I'm not going to be outside corner and you're going to come in here. No. If I'm in the game, I'm here. You're there. You're there. You're there. You're there. These are the five guys we're playing with. That goes a big way on how you play. I think the secondary did what they were asked to do. I think there was there are clearly limitations within the secondary. I, everyone says that the secondary was was the best part of this team coming into the season. I never felt that way. Always had my issues with Clark and and Peters. Yeah. What what happened? And no, nothing against Peters, great player, but he's playing on a seventy five percent cap, and you could see that for most of the season after he heard it. And it didn't help that he was coming off an ACL. So he did the best he could because he's who he is. He's smart enough to put himself in position. And if the team was smart enough, they could put him in some advantageous positions where the 15-yard, you know, comeback route is going to be a tough one for him to to cover these days. Mm -hmm. It's this. If you have enough time to make it happen, you make it happen. So, overall, you know, they did what they needed to do. They, they picked on Marlowe a little bit, but once again, that was situational picking. That's it. They weren't going over there and, like, challenging him for, third, you know, 12 targets or anything. No, they – under the situation, if it's third and eight, you know, Marlowe struggles coming out of the break after 12 yards. Guess what you're going to get? Jamar Chase on a 10-yard comeback. But you know what? If you ask people, would you take that game for Marlowe or the first Bengals game from last year where Chase went for damn near 200? <laughs> well, when your coach leaves you out there to dry when you're the only secondary dude and you got two safeties who haven't played, you got another nickel who just got there last week and the other corner just got there yesterday. And you out there, you know what? I'm going to put you on an island by yourself with Jamar Chase. With no safety help on the top. What? <laughs> so I much I much prefer, and I didn't I didn't know that I would, but I much prefer this style where we just say, hey, like I said, we're gonna keep a lid on everything. Um, they're gonna have to run those stops, they're gonna have to run those end breakers. We're not giving them anything over the top. You know, they love that go ball. We know that. Uh, and we're just not gonna give them that stuff, you know, and we're yeah. gonna make Joe Burrow go the long, hard way. And like we talked about before. They only had one touchdown drive on offense where they went the length of the field, right? The other one was off an interception where they already started in Ravens territory. And then we know about the 98-yard fumble recovery touchdown. So that wasn't even on offense. So it was very similar in some ways to that first game or the last game, not the first one, the last game where they got their points off of short fields on offense. Both games, 14 points off turnover. Yeah. So that's why you can see – just how complimentary this defense can be and how if your offense is on point, 
and they're protecting the ball, mm-hmm. this defense is going to limit teams to one, maybe two scores. And that second score might, one of those two scores is probably going to be a field goal, not going to be a touchdown. And then, you know, offensively, like I said, if you do your thing and you don't turn the ball over, uh, you're going to have opportunity to win a lot of games. And and they had, even these last six games without Lamar, they had opportunities to win all of these games. You know, that, now the one with Anthony Brown, that's a little bit different. That's a that's a big ask of a guy in his first but year. But even in that game, like I told you last week, they had opportunities in the fourth quarter to, to win that. Sure. Let's not get that twisted now. He yeah. he he had some bad throws, but it was the fourth quarter when it was 27-16, and they had about four drives there where penalty, bad drop, fumble, fumble, or however that turned out. Yeah. <laughs> Still had opportunities. Yeah. Defense yeah. kept you in it the entire time. That's that's what this defense has done, really, ever since Roquan came. Uh, you you talked about this on the last show. Like, well, what's the big difference between the team this year and last year without Lamar, where they went 0-6 last year without him, or 0-5, whatever it was. Uh, but this year, 3-3 three and three without him. What's the big difference? Defense. <laughs> Defense was much more consistent, and they complemented what was going on over there on the other side of the ball. Hey, we're not going to be able to run 30 up on people uh, <laughs> on that side of the ball. So we're going to have to make sure that we play in a way that gives our offense a chance to, you know, low scoring game and to, to have a, a chance to hang around and maybe win it on a drive at the end. Mm-hmm. So, so here we are last game of the season. A lot of, a lot of positive things that you talked about with the defense and guys coming back. Uh, as we look back on this season defensively, and Mike McDonald, you know, uh, first year calling the defensive plays and, you know, uh, having this group of guys. What do you think about it? I mean, I'm not a big grade guy. I'm not big into, like, giving grades and stuff like that. I'll just say I think he did a good job. I think it started out a little shaky. Mm-hmm. But there was just learning curve stuff, I think, that had to take place. And then oh. kind of once he hit a stride, he, he found – you know, kind of like you talked about what guys do well, what kind of calls work uh, in certain situations, right? Because you saw some stuff early on where it's almost like, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying you said this or anybody else, but my opinion was like you were trying to be somebody else or or be who you thought the Ravens defensive coordinator needed to be. <laughs> it's like, no, no, man, be you. Be you. <laughs> be you and be who your players are telling you they are and what they do well. And I think once he bought into that and fully embraced that, obviously it helps a ton when you get Roquan Smith. <laughs> it changes everything. Uh, but I give him, I give him, you know, a pretty good, a pretty good grade. Like I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say whatever it is because I'm terrible at that stuff. But I thought he did a pretty good job this first year. What about, what about you? So you're gonna stick me with the grade, huh? No, you don't have to give a grade. Say whatever. I'll give it. I'll give a grade. I don't give. You know. I mean, I'd probably player. if I had to give one, I'd probably say a B. That's where I'm leaning. Yeah, I give it a B. B, B minus, B plus, depending on how you're looking at it. Um, I think it was a solid first year of implementation. I I think he grew as a play caller. He grew as a leader. 
his players bought in 110%. You never heard anybody come out and say that that was a bad call, we shouldn't have done that, or we need to play better on, you know. They came out and said we need to play better on defense, and we're giving up 28 points to Jacksonville on some squirrely stuff. So when you see that from the players and everyone bought into it, you have a coach who's a good coach, you got coaches on the on the on the team that know how to coach and put guys in position. You can't not be happy to see where this goes next year. I mean, they're gonna lose some guys, but defensively, there's not much. I mean, you hope Calais comes back. You're not mad Justin Houston won't come back because you got dudes who are ready to step in and do something. Um other than that, you got a you got the Chuck Clark thing to deal with. I think it kind of work itself out, and then the Peters thing, and that'll work itself out. So there's not like a bunch of pressing things, and I think you're in a good spot going into the off season where, at first time in a long time, we're not like, well, we need this, this, and this on defense, like. Uh, might need a corner here. Yeah. You got you got um Pierce coming back next year, so you really don't have to draft defense line unless you want to. And then you got Kyle Fuller coming back, who can be the vet, and I'm sure he'll want to come back and prove something, and you can give him a prove it deal and you'll be in the same spot you were last year. So you're gonna have the vet guy. So now everybody's gonna lose their mind when I say this. That's 22nd pick, if it's not traded back, is going to be a corner. Yeah, I'm with you. End of story. We talked about it before the show. I mean, I think if you – we'll see what they do, but if they decide um, not to bring Peters back, then, yeah, you, you, you've you obviously got to have another starting corner. I don't know that that guy is on the team right now. So whether that's the draft, whether that's the free agency, some combo of both, Whatever it is, I think they go out and they get them another corner. But like you said, you look around and you think we, you know, feel pretty good about interior defensive line. We feel pretty good about, um, you know, half of our set, maybe maybe three fourths of our secondary, depending on what you do with Chuck. But you feel good about Marcus Williams. You feel good about Marlowe. We talked about corner. You know, maybe you throw in another edge guy because again, you probably are going to lose Houston. You're going to use JPP. I mean, I know you got a job Owen and Bowser and Oway, but you might throw in maybe another guy, just a rotational guy. You still have Harrison who does a little bit of everything. So maybe not. I don't know. They'll throw you, in a you pass might bring in, You might bring a thumper in at the end just to yes. teams start to run at you a little bit. You'll want a guy. Yeah. They'll bring in another defensive line because that's what they do. But that's yeah. really what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about DB and, and defensive line. And other than that, I mean, I think – you feel pretty good about, you know, the the guys that, you know, are, are in those starting roles right now. Uh, and that's a pretty good place to be, you know, where you don't feel like there's a whole bunch of holes that you got to plug, <laughs> you know, yeah. going into the offseason coming back. You know, offense is a different story. You know, you can look at the offensive side of the ball and you're like, well, obviously the big domino, the big joker <laughs> is Lamar, whatever that situation is going to be. Um, but then, you know, you got receiver opposite Bateman. You hope he comes back healthy, but opposite him. You know, you don't really know what you got going over there. You got a collection of dudes, but you don't really know who can who can step up into that kind of number two type role. Um, you're good at tight end. 
Uh, you're, probably good, you're, you're, you're probably still solid at running back. And you're probably still solid at offensive line. I mean, Powers is probably going to walk. You know, he'll probably yep. get a market type deal, and you'll have to you'll have to deal with his spot. But you've got some dudes. You got Ben Cleveland. Whatever you think of him, if you don't, you got Falele. You got Falele. So, and then again, they'll they'll whether it's free agency or or and or the draft, you know, uh, they may address offensive line on some level. So it doesn't seem like there's a ton of holes that they've got to address, but there's a few things. They got a few, they got a few things. They're just like, they're annoying, like blocking tight end. Like they're not going to be able to match whatever Josh Allen. Allen I hate to see him go. I hate to see him go because he really got better this year from where it started to where it ended. And you think about getting that dude for it was from like a seventh round pick from the Jags and yeah. what he developed into where he basically put Nick Boyle on the bench. So yeah. uh, that's that's pretty impressive. But you got all of these dudes, you know, you got Kohler, you got likely you're still going to have Andrews kind of like that number one pass catching type dude. Um, you know, I don't know. Well, you got to learn how to block. Yeah, you have to learn how to, have to get better. <laughs> Get better. Well, somebody's got to learn how to block. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to be Josh Oliver, like you said. Maybe you can find that dude somewhere else. Um, it's hard to find you, especially it, in the running game they're trying to accomplish now. Well, and that's the other. That's going to be the other piece of this. Is like, as it's currently constructed, there is a certain kind of guy you need for that role in this offense. Now, if it's not right. this offense. Well, then that might change. That is <laughs> it's a different well. offense, then that might change. Well, your personnel is, is trending towards more of a zone-type run. Yeah. The, the transition is back. And why is the transition back? Because zone is very effective against picking up the blitz, especially on run blitzes from a defense. We can't blitz zone. Yeah. You, you, are, you are in hella high water. If you decide to blitz zone as a defense, yeah. If you don't really double down on this particular uh, offensive style and run game, where you don't necessarily need a two hundred ninety pound fullback, you don't necessarily need uh, a tight end who's almost like an extra offensive lineman. Will you, if you don't have those guys back, if you don't have an Oliver back, if you don't have a Ricard back, then you're right. You really are an eleven personnel team, even with mm-hmm. Likely and Kohler. Those guys are closer to receivers than they are to, to blocking tights. Right, and, you, and we know, and we know what Andrews is. So you really are an eleven personnel type team uh, if you don't have those guys back. And so if they don't um, give Roman a new deal, because again, they don't have to fire him. Uh, it's my understanding his contract is up uh, at the end of this official, you know, the league year. Um, so I don't I don't think they have to fire and they could just not give him a new deal. Uh, but then that that'll, you know, you'll have to go on that search just like they did last year for Mike McDonald. So that'll be yep. interesting, too. That'll be interesting to talk about, too, like well, Absolutely. who that person will be and what kind of system they're going to bring in. And, you know, I know a lot of people like to talk about the hard buddies <laughs> and it'll be somebody off of that tree. Who knows? Who knows? It might be. Uh, I, I mean, if I had to put money on it, I would lean you know, towards somebody who he's got a connection with some past with, because that's how he operates. But yep. you never know. You never know. Depends never on, know. Uh, depends on a lot of factors. You know, Mr. Bashadi might step in and might 
you know, he might have some <laughs> thoughts. He might have some thoughts on some things. Serious thoughts. <laughs> so you Serious know, thoughts. he might be like, "Hey, whatever's going on here between you and the QB, if I decide to pay this guy, y'all gonna have to squash all of that because I need it. I need that to be right." Um, once we commit to him long term, if we could, if we decide to commit to him long term, then that that relationship's got to be right. And I don't know that they, it was a bad relationship because it always felt like it was pretty good, but the injury stuff just got weird, you know, with the way he talked about it. And then, you know, Lamar, hey, not, not having an agent, I can't do what Kyler Murray did. I can't have my agent put out this letter on my behalf like Kyler Murray's agent did. I got to take it to the streets myself because I don't have no agent. Yep. <laughs> and that's what he did. He took it to the streets himself. So, you know, that that whole saga, we all know about that. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see how all that plays out. But, totally. um, you know, we'll we'll be around, obviously, throughout the offseason. I mean, we might not be doing stuff every week like we were doing during the season, which I don't think is a bad thing for either one of us after we did, like, what, 16, 17 of these this year. We didn't do every week, but we did almost every week. I think we only missed one or two yeah. this year. I think we so, did about 14 or 15, yeah. So we were up there this year. Which is always, you know, a little. I like to pat myself on the back because <laughs> a lot of these podcasts, man, you, you got to crank these joints out. Um, yeah. right. So we'll, yeah, so we'll be around. Maybe we'll dip our toe in the in the uh, the draft stuff like we did years past. I don't know how you feel about watching corners, but I've been watching a bunch of them. So uh, I I adore anything on defense. Okay, well then there you go. I adore everything <laughs> on defense. Particularly on defense, for- yeah particularly a fancy corner there's some fancy I may be a linebacker at heart but ain't nothing better than a shutdown corner and there's some fancy ones out there uh you've probably heard some of these names and, and other people who listen i mean whether it's christian gonzalez joey porter jr keely ringo at georgia there's a cat up in maryland uh I'm blanking on yes his name. i can't it, remember it, his name is that dude Deontay <laughs> or Deontay. Or Deontay. Lincoln on his name, but he, he, you know, he's up there. Um, so it, there's there's a dude in Miami. His name is Banks. Maybe I'm th- maybe that's the Maryland dude. Is it Deontay Banks? I'm, I think I'm cr- I'm crossing the Miami dude and the Maryland dude. But anyway, there's you know once you get into this time of year, you start seeing all the mock drafts and stuff. And of course, nobody knows anything. But it's looking like there could be five or six corners that go in the first round. So it's it's just it's that kind of corner class where there's a lot of dudes. And there and and there'll be more on day two and yeah. day three after that. So even if you can't get you one on that first day, there's going to be other dudes. <laughs> so there's dudes I mean, out there. I mean, we we heard during the draft or after the draft that there was rumor on the street that they were trying to go up to get someone. Oh yeah, and I think that was sauce. I think they were trying to get the four. They were trying to get the three. I heard about get the them. Garrett Wilson rumor that they were trying to get Garrett Wilson. That was mm-hmm. that they were looking for a wide receiver, and they thought at fourteen they were going to be able to get one. They didn't expect the ones the that run. went yeah. to all be gone. And I think it was Wilson, Alave, and uh, London, the dude for uh, the Falcons. I think Drake all three London of them is a real deal. Yeah, I don't think they felt all three of those guys were going to be gone. And then I don't think that they were upset when Kyle Hamilton is sitting there. I don't think they thought he would be there either. But I think, yeah, they were kind of thinking after trading Hollywood too, like, okay, well, we'll just go get, you know, we got some good wide receivers here at the top of this draft. Yeah. We'll just grab one of these dudes. And, you know, it just didn't work out that way. Um, but yeah, there's some, there's some dudes at cornerback 
in this draft. So, I, uh, you know, we got a long, long way to go. Uh, but if you want one, if you need one, uh, there's, there's, some, there's, there's some guys out there that you can choose from. So we'll probably tap into a little bit of that. And of course there'll be some free agency talk when that time comes around. Cause that's, that's before the draft. And, you know, I don't, they're never super, super active in free agency, but sometimes it surprise you like they did last year with Marcus Williams. I don't think anybody thought that they were going to spend the kind of money that they spent to go get him. And, and they did. So mm-hmm. sometimes you think they're going to just, you know, do that bargain basement shopping approach that they typically do. And then they jump out there and you're like, oh, snap. <laughs> any, any, any free agent corners? Oh, there probably are. I haven't looked deep into the free agent yeah, class at corner, yeah, but probably somebody out there. Um, that dude, James Bradbury, who they had looked at, who we talked about last year. I don't know if he did more than a one year deal or not. He could be back out there again. I got to double check that. But. Yeah, I should be looking into that. I always start with the draft just because there's so many more people to watch in the draft, yeah. um, even though free agency comes before it. But I'll start looking into that, too. So, yeah, we'll, we'll probably do do some shows around all of that stuff. And then, like I said, also just take a, a well-deserved break, man. It's been a long season. Long fun. Season. It's definitely fun doing these. Uh, but, you know, there's some late nights for old men like me. So <laughs> See me over here. It'd be good uh, to to not be up quite as late all the time. But hey, look, we appreciate everybody. I mean, again, this is second year doing this. Yeah, this is the second season yeah. of the Fire Zone show. So, you know, I feel like we've got uh, a loyal group of people who listen and are pretty engaging, especially on Twitter. You know, they always talk about things that they heard on the show or retweet things. And, you know, I appreciate people for that, man, because, I mean, it's a lot of different podcasts out there and uh, for them to listen to us and to interact and, and retweet, you know, some of the things that they hear from the show. I think it's pretty cool. So we appreciate y'all cool. coming back from a second season. Hope you stick with us, like I said, throughout the off season. And then, uh, uh, God willing, we'll be back for a third season, <laughs> you know, in 2023. Uh, and only bigger and better probably in store. You never know what's in store down the road, but I think it's going to be bigger uh-huh. and better no matter what it is. Um, Something. Yeah. So that's going to be good. <laughs> So, all right, y'all. We appreciate you. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share everywhere. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And we don't do no overtime. We 